take notes this morning. I really do, because I'm going to go back and recap some of the things that we talked about. So I want to encourage you highly to uh, to take notes uh, this morning. How many of you uh, have a tendency to forget? The rest of you, go ahead and raise your hands, okay? Go ahead and raise your hands. How many of you have a tendency to really forget? Amen. Amen. Well, let me know the older you get, the, the more it, 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 that Christina's book's full. Because as one thing I, know, I like to do is take notes. If you want to look at somebody that's an aggressive listener, it's somebody that likes to take, uh, take notes. So I want to encourage you to take notes. We're going to go back to the first week. And we're going to recap the last three weeks. And at the very end, I want to give you three points uh, that I think will encourage you. Uh, so you're going to hear some of the same thing, but I want to make sure that you write it down. Uh, because I believe that the Lord wants to bless you. And it's through the avenue of your giving. Amen? It's through the avenue of you giving. And so how many of you want to be blessed financially? And how many of you know that God uses that finances uh, to further the kingdom of God and also take care of you and take care of your family and your children. So praise the Lord. So we, took, we started three or four weeks ago about talking, number one, if you take a notes, God wants your, say with me, your first fruits. God wants your first fruits. Let's say it again. God wants your first fruits. Fruits. We begin reading in Exodus chapter 13, verse 11 through 15. And it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites. God's going to bring you in, say, to a good land. Say, a good land. And he swore to you and your fathers as he gives it to you. God is going to give you this good land. And that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open to the womb, that is the very firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The males shall be of the Lord, but the firstborn of the donkey shall be, say with me, redeemed. This is called the law, as we talked about three or four weeks ago, the law of the firstborn. That when there was a, uh, a child born, uh, they would take a lamb and sacrifice that lamb of the very first child that was born. When there was a lamb that had a little lamb, they would sacrifice the first uh, lamb. When there was a donkey, a uh, small donkey that was born, they would take uh, another lamb because a donkey was considered unclean, say unclean, an unclean animal. And then they would take another lamb and sacrifice that lamb for the unclean animal. It's called the first fruit of the law of the, fruit, uh, the first. In Exodus chapter 23 and verse 19, and this is in the Living Bible, it says, As you harvest your crops... As you harvest your crops to you and I, it would be as we, as we work, as you harvest your crops, bring the very best, say with me, the very best of the first harvest to, and it tells you where to bring it. It's very significant, to the house of your God. God is telling Israel, I want your first and I want your best. I don't want your leftovers. God's telling the church today, I don't want your leftover time. I don't want your leftover money. I don't want your leftover service. I want your first, and I want your best. How many agree with me that God deserves our first, and he deserves our best? God gave his first born son, and God gave his best, 
Jesus Christ to you and I. So he deserves our first and he deserves our best. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 says, Bring the whole tithe, all of the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. That's how God sees the tithes, that you're bringing them to him into the house of the Lord. You're not giving them to him. You're bringing them to him because it already belongs to God already. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Praise the Lord. Listen to these words. Your barns will be filled with plenty. They'll overflow with new wine. How many would like to see this year be the best financial year that you've had yet? How many of you believe that God can bless you to the extent that when you look at your taxes next year and look at the end of the income, that you can say that God blessed me more this year financially than he did last year? And how many of you believe that God can continually bless you as you obey the principle of the law of first. Amen. The firstborn and the first fruits, God's saying it belongs in the house of the Lord. They belong to me. And, and now I'm not saying this because of me or because of this church, but your tithes and offerings doesn't go to a television evangelist. Okay, okay, I, I'm not up here for me. I'm just I'm up here just telling you, God says, bring it into the house of the Lord. It's okay to give to television evangelists. I just wrote a check not long ago and sent it to Jensen Franklin. They were, they're building a whole new campus. It's nothing wrong with that, but I don't take my tithes and I don't take my offerings that I give to this church to do that. I take care of the house of the Lord that God told me to serve at and be a servant over to. I support it, and I should be one of the biggest givers in the house of the God as the pastor. I should be one of the biggest givers into the house of the Lord. God doesn't care if you send it to the right television evangelist. He doesn't, the, listen, say the right television evangelist. He doesn't care, but bring your tithes and offerings belong into the house of the Lord. And everybody said Amen. The second thing that we talked about was the key to blessed life is say a heart of generosity. Because it all comes out of the heart, doesn't it? A heart of generosity. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 24 through 25 says, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. That pretty much explains it. Be generous and you'll prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed, which means you give more, God's going to turn around and bless you more. God says, you want to be stingy and hold on to it? Then the writer of Proverbs says, King Solomon, the richest man who'd ever lived, says, he goes on to say, then if you decide to be stingy, then God will take it away from you. You decide to be more, want to be more prosperous, you give, and God is going to open up the windows of heaven, and he's going to pour out a blessing, and he's going to bless you. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 6, Paul says this. Remember this. He says, whoever sows, say sparingly, 
will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows, say, generously, will also reap what? Generously. So here's the big question is, why are there not more people blessed in the body of Christ? Why do you see people walking around all the time in the body of Christ that are not blessed people? I believe God's people should be the most blessed people on the planet. Come, come on. I believe God's people should be the best people. Come on, on the planet. I believe God's people should be the most blessed people. And, and I'm not preaching this big out-of-the-world prosperity message here, but it's nothing wrong with God's people driving a Cadillac or driving a Mercedes or living in a nice home or, or having nice clothes or wearing nice jewelry. It's nothing wrong with that. Come on. It, it doesn't matter. God wants to bless you. But listen, God has blessings in so many other different ways. He wants you blessed in your health. He wants you blessed in your marriage. He wants you blessed with your children. He wants you blessed in every area of your life. So God sometimes chooses to bring those blessings in other avenues of your life and thank God for that. How many of you would take being healthy over money any day? Amen. So God blesses us in many different ways. But why is not more people blessed in the body of Christ? And I mentioned this as we're, recap, we're recapping as we, this will be the last message on uh, the blessed life. But as we recap, and number one, I said a couple weeks ago, we have the bag mindset. We have, the, we have the bag mindset, and what I mean by that, if you're, you're, you're taking notes and you wasn't here, was that we, we, we got all of our income that week, and it's almost like we put it in a, we put it in a bag, and we take, our, we take our house payment out, and we take our car payment out, and we take everything else out and pay for it, and before we ever take our tithes and offerings out of the bag, and the Bible says... In, in, in uh, Haggai chapter 1, you eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you're not filled up to drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. He who enters, enters the house and has a bag that has holes in it, which he, the commentator is saying, you take everything out, and at the end of the month, you don't have anything left. How many has that happened to you before? The rest of you are not telling the truth. How many... Has happened that to you before everything breaks down. The kitchen sink. The plumber, you don't want me to plumb. Something happens to your wash machine, your dryer, your car, everything. Matt goes out, doesn't it? Does it don't pass it in? That's the mindset that if I take all of that out first and then I'll give what I have left. But how many of you know that you don't have anything left? Because if you put me first, that's the bag mindset that we talked about. And then I said that God wants to give you the basket mindset that if you will pay your tithes and you'll give in your offerings and you'll be faithful to God and being obedient, God says, I'm going to... I'm going to open up the windows of heaven, and I'm going to pour out a blessing. And like I said a couple weeks ago, you say, Pastor, this is, not, this is not very spiritual. It's real spiritual when I need to write a check for my bills. 
It's real spiritual because the Word of God talks about money over and over and over in the Word of God. And how many of you, after you was living in the world, you become a Christian and you become a tither? How many has been blessed? How many has been blessed? That, that there's times that, that as you started tithing, you might have been still having a rough time, but now God has just opened up the windows of heaven, has give you a job and give you a good job. Praise the Lord. I was just thinking about Josh the other day. Somebody said he turned in his tithes. He went to work for UPS part-time. I'm believing that that young man, if he pays his tithes and pays in his offerings, that he's going to get a full-time job. And a young man at 19 years old, and God's going to open the windows of heaven and bless him if he'll be obedient to the Lord. Amen? Amen. I believe that God's going God's to bless him if you obey the principle of giving. And I talked about the uh, basket mindset that God said that I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, and I'm going to bless you. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 8 says, The Lord will send a blessing on your, and then I talked about the barns, on everything you have and you put your hand to. Everything you put your hand to, God says, if I can trust you with the bag, and then I can trust you with a basket blessing, I can trust you with a, say with me, a barn blessing. How many of you want to get to the barn blessing? Come, oh my, come on, I'd have been out of my seat. How many of you want to get to the barn blessing? Amen. The third thing we talked about is the blessed test. God said, I will test you. Guess what? God is actually testing you when he asks you to pay your tithes and offerings. It's called the blessed test. Are you passing the blessed test? God wants to know this. God wants to know, will you love and trust money or will you love and trust God? God wants to know, will you love and trust money, or will you love and trust God? Or will you love money and material things more than you love God? How many of you have seen people that love material wealth and things more than they love God? But God said, put me first, and I'm going to put you to the test. And see if you love material things more than you love me. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10 and 11, he says, Whoever can be trusted, listen to this, whoever can be trusted with little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with what? With must. He's testing you. So if you have not been trustworthy in handing, handling a little, then God cannot trust you to handle much. So here's the blessed test. Will I give God my first and my best so he can bless the rest? Let's say that together. I like that. Will I give God my first and my best so he can do what? So he can bless the rest. Will I give my God my first and my very best so he can bless the rest? So if you give God your first and your best, he will bless the rest. Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30. I like this. A tenth of everything from the land, whether grain from soil or fruit from the trees, belongs, here it is, belongs to the Lord. It is holy. That means it's set apart 
to the Lord. Your tithes and your offerings, the Bible tells me, say are holy unto the Lord. Why would you want to take something that is holy unto the Lord and keep it unto yourself? God said it belongs to me and it's holy unto the Lord. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8 says, he says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you ask, how have you robbed me? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation, because you are what? You are robbing me. I explained a couple of weeks ago that God doesn't send a curse down on you. We live in a cursed world, don't we? God says that if you'll obey me and listen to me in tithes and offerings, that I'll move you over under my blessings. And how many of you want to move over under God's heavenly blessings financially? That you want to move over under God's blessings financially where God says, I'm going to open up that window of heaven and I'm going to pour you out a blessing. I'm going to give you three things uh, after I say this. He who has a generous eye will be blessed. He who has a generous eye will be blessed. There's people who's got eye for, I put down talent. They got eye for fashion. Uh, some of you guys has got eye for food. You got eye for the wrong kind of food. But how many have an eye for generosity? You just, somebody came this morning and handed me $100. They said, Pastor, I want you to give this to a certain lady in the church. Somebody else had $50, said, I want you to give this to a lady in the church. They had a generous eye. They're looking around the congregation and they're saying, is there a widow? Is there somebody in here that I feel like that God, they, they need money, that I can just bless them? It's called a, gen say with me, a generous eye. That you're looking around. You're looking around and saying, who can I bless? Who, I want to bless somebody this week. I want to bless somebody this week. I want, to, I want to bless. It's called the generous eye. And how many of you want to have a generous eye? God will bless you if you have a generous eye. The second thing, the, the, I'm going to give you three things. The first one is, uh, and we're going to close on this, is, is God wants you to be a spontaneous giver. Many of you are spontaneous givers. Remember the example of the boy with the loaves and the fish? And Jesus said, I've got all of these thousands to feed. And the little boy said, I'll give my loaf, I'll give my loaves, and I'll give my fish to Jesus. And Jesus multiplied it and fed all the multitude. He was called, a, I called him a spontaneous giver. How many of you, we've got up here and took missions before. We're going here, here. How many can give? People gave, right, Wayne? 
people's cave. You didn't have any idea that we were taking up an offering for missions, and you just gave. That's a spontaneous giver. And God wants us all to be a spontaneous giver. But I believe there's another level. The second one is, if you're taking notes, is, okay, that you're a strategic giver. You plan out, listen to this, you plan out at the beginning of the year that you're going to give a certain amount unto God. That's a step up from being a spontaneous giver. Someone gets up here and says, we're doing something for children's church. We need $1,000. And you think, you know what? I'm a spontaneous giver. I can give $200. I can give $300. I can give $50. I can give $25. That's spontaneous giving. God loves spontaneous givers. But I believe there is a second level, a strategic giver. At the first of the year, you point out, you say, you know what? This year, I'm going to give 2% above my tithes all year long in offerings. Or I'm going to give 5% all year long on my tithes and on my offerings. Or I'm going to give 6% all year long in my offerings. That is a strategic planned out plan that I plan to give this much of whatever God blesses me with into the house of God. Number three. Is the sacrificial giver, if you're taking notes. These are the ones that really recognize what I have in this world is simply not mine at all. You can be wealthy and be a sacrificial giver. Solomon, instead of sacrificing one bull when he was anointed to be king, he said, you know what? I want to give big. And he gave 1,000 bulls instead of one. He gave 1,000. David, when he had the chance to offer an oxen at the sacrifice, there was this man that stepped up to the plate and said to David, here, take anything that is mine to be sacrificed. And what did David said? No, no, no. You don't understand. And listen to what he said. I will not sacrifice anything that doesn't cost me something. We have people sometimes that says, uh, that's going on at the church. Let everybody else give. It'll be taken care of. And while you're saying that, there are some other people over here saying, let other people take care of it and it'll be taken care of. And it didn't get taken care of because everybody doesn't say, I am a spontaneous or a sacrificial giver. God, I know it doesn't matter what happens in my life. You are going to take care of it. You're going to take care of it. Now, how many of you want to be a sacrificial giver? I mean, you know, church, God wants to bless you. And I want to close with this. I didn't preach this sermon for me. I preached this sermon because I know some of you are struggling financially. And some of you are not. You know why? Because you're obedient. When you give, Don't worry about where it's coming from. For the Bible says when you give, I'll cause men to give back to you. How many of you gave before? You givers, you've gave before, and uh, God has brought someone else to lay money in your path, or you sell something, 
or you have been praying and you get that promotion. This is the kind of God I serve. This is the kind of God I, I serve, okay? You put your application in, and there's 50 applications on top of yours. If you're a, if you're a giver, God can take that one that's on the bottom and take it right up to the top, and they can interview you and a couple other ones and say, that is the one I want right there. And they can't explain it. All these others down through here are, are more qualified than you are. They got more knowledge about what's going on. But God said, I'm going to bless you because you're blessing my house. You're blessing my people. So I'm going to take that application on the bottom, and I'm going to just pick it up. And God, for some way, has it to go to the top, and you get hired. Now, how many you believe, how many you believe that that's the kind of God that I serve? Brother Wayne, you can sell more cars than the ones that, 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 that work full-time. Brother Jerry, God can give you a raise coming up this year. I mean, it's just God wants to bless you if you will just tithes and offerings and be a sacrificial giver. Don't worry. This is some of you are struggling with paying your tithes because you think that, you know, I've got all of these things to pay and I don't think, Pastor, I, I have enough. Well, let, let me, can I, can I get the, the guilt and, the, and all of that off of you right now? This, I, I don't want you running out here guilty. I want you to go out of here thinking, you know what? I, 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 I think this ties an offering thing. I believe God. I'm not for sure about it. I'm not for sure about it. Just, just, just start over the next month, month and a half, and we can be praying that God will show you that when you start giving 10%, if you make $100, that you give $10. Just set it aside, and God said that I'll bless you. At first, it's going to be hard, and it's not going to be easy. But if you will do this, this principle of sowing and reaping really, really works. Now, you guys that have been paying your tithes for a while, and you know that it works Raise your hands for maybe if it's not but one here that is struggling with that. Will you show them that God is faithful? Come on. Let's lift up our hands that God is faithful when you pay your tithes and you give an offering. Somehow God has a way of working it out. And God wanted me to leave you with this. Your heavenly Father in heaven owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It all belongs to him, and he's your heavenly father. And maybe you're struggling with financial things right now, but I'm telling you, your heavenly father sees it, and if you'll just be obedient to God, he's going to open the windows of heaven, and he's going to bless you. How many believe your heavenly father wants to bless you? Amen. This might have not have sounded too spiritual, but three months down the road, when you've gave your tithes and offerings and God's opened up the windows of heaven and you've got more money than you've ever had and you need to pay for things you need to pay for, then you'll realize, you know, that's a little more spiritual than I thought it was. Amen? Because it comes straight from the Word of God. God wants to bless you. Amen? Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise the Lord. Let's stand. Amen. No, sure. Come.
Come right up here, if you would, so they can, they can hear you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, as I was sitting there, I just, I felt the uh, Lord want me to do this. All right, I'll, I'll speak about it. I didn't want to blast everybody out. But I felt the Lord want me to do this. You know, these lessons that he teaches, he repeatedly tells you, it's, it's for you guys. You know, it's God wanting you to be obedient to what he has. And God can't fill you with the blessings unless you're obedient. Well, just uh, two weeks ago, I got a bonus at work for an annual bonus they often do. So that was, it was $200. The very next work, we turned around and the entire company got a $500 bonus each person for because of the taxing. So there were two bonuses. One we kind of expected, but the other one was totally out of blue. God is faithful to do what it is. You know, there's been other times that God has been faithful when we've had medical bills. God has managed to reduce them bills. So, so we had a fraction of what we would have had to pay God took care of. God is a faithful God. The God that we serve is able to do what it is that we need him to do. God is able. His hand is mighty. So I just want to leave you with that. Thank you, Brother Jerry. Amen. Let's give Brother Jerry a hand. Thank you. If you're, you know, we don't understand sometimes the pressure of uh, single moms. Sometimes we don't understand the pressure of people that, that for some reason had to go through a, a, a divorce and, you know, mom is paying for this and, and dad is, is paying for this or dad's not paying for it and mom's got to take care of it all or vice versa. And we got grandkids living with grandparents uh, now and we just got, uh, our culture is in a, in a, in a, in a mess. And, and so there's a lot of financial things, Brother Wayne, upon people's, in people's lives. But like Jerry said, God will make a way for you. If you're a single mom, God's going to make a way. If you're a single dad, God's going to make a way. If you're elderly, listen to your pastor. God is going to make a way. He'll make a way. Amen. Let's close our eyes. Father, we thank you. We thank you. You are a good, good father. And I'm asking you, Lord, right now, there's people here that under the sound of my voice, that they're struggling financially right now. But God, maybe their husband has left them. Maybe just days ago, maybe weeks ago, maybe years ago. God, there's the elderly here. Their, their uh, husband passed away a year, two years ago, five years ago. And Lord, they're just barely making it. God, I want to let them know that you have your all-seeing eye on, that that is just as spiritual as anything else to you because you care about their every need. So, Father, I'm asking you that you will touch that need. With every head bowed, and please, every eye closed. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm uh, struggling financially right now. Will you pray for me? Please, every eye closed. Would you just lift your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. I want to let the ones know that raised their hand that God is still on the throne. And God's going to take care of them. 
in Jesus' name. They wake up in the morning and they're struggling and they go to bed at night and that is a tough, tough place to be. Father, I ask you, the Lord, that you will touch their finances right now. Father, that you will reach down from heaven and you'll open up the windows of heaven and you will bless them. Lord, the ones that's being paid in their tithes and their offerings also. I am asking you, Lord, for this to be the greatest financial year of their life. I pray over them as a pastor that you will increase every area of their life financially, that you will touch their, you will touch their health, you will touch them mentally, spiritually, and financially, God, today. I pray a blessings on them. And if you are here and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, or you've been not walking close to God, if you would just, rip, rip, uh, just lift up your hands and say, Pastor, will you pray for me this morning? I'll be praying for you if you'll just lift your hand up. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. I never liked to close a service. There was two hands. Grab a hold of your neighbors, and we're going to pray for them as we close in prayer. Father, I thank you for the ones that raised their hands at the very end of this service. It says, Pastor, I want to get closer to God, that I've not been walking close to him. Father, these individuals that raised their hand, I am asking you, Holy Spirit, right now, that you would go to them and you would touch them and you would bless them and you'd take all hindrances, God, out of their way. And God, that you would move them forward in your direction. And we thank you. And everybody said amen and amen. God bless you. You be blessed in the Lord. Hallelujah.